The Kinkier World podcast is for adults only. We ask that all listeners be responsible for their own safety when they engage in play. We're not responsible for their actions. I decided to masturbate with shampoo instead of conditioner today because YOLO, things Jesus never said. Dave Mathis, sleepeth not the bastard. Uh, I have no opinion on conditioner or shampoo for masturbation aids. Uh, don't use either for uh, penetrative intercourse. Uh, and then uh, that's my thoughts on the matter. And speaking of me, my name is Mr. Tex. You're listening to a podcast I happen to do with my puppy Evie. My puppy Evie. How are you? Hi. For a second, I thought you were going to introduce me somehow connecting this to like a nope. masturbation with shampoo joke. And I was, have no idea where that was going. <laughs> Luckily, it didn't go there at all. So, yay. Hi, no. I'm Evie. Um, and I do this podcast and talk about BDSM on the internet. Mm-hmm. That's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, lather up with it. I, I mean, do you, was it in the shower or was it just like... In, in the bedroom and just needed something to lubricate his wank. And then, I don't know. I simply don't know. But we won't dwell on that any further. How about that? So, let us talk briefly about something our good friend, the Brittany Simon, has been covering. Uh, it's not a super fun topic. Um, and we still, there's still stuff coming out about it and I don't want to go too much in detail, um, yet, uh, but we'll briefly sort of talk about Beg for Jay, um, more just say, uh, it's a topic we want to cover and we will be covering at some point in the future, but there's still, it's still fresh and there's still people out there. Um, if this, I, I guess basically I don't want to come off as ignoring it. Go watch Brittany Simon's video on it. That's all. There's absolutely nothing I can add beyond what Brittany has done at this time. I mean, later I'll, I'll be able to have like thoughts and stuff like that about specific, you know, my perspective on it. But in terms of like the raw information and why you shouldn't affiliate with this human being whatsoever. I would say Brittany Simon's knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Evie? I agree with that. Um, if you guys watch any of my other content, you hopefully will notice I've touched on a little bit. Um, for those yes. of you who don't know, and it, it's like, what's what's this bag for Jay thing? Um, shit show. Shitty person attempting to educate on YouTube as mm. a dom. Turns out he's done some stuff to people that's not very nice. Doesn't really make the rest of the BDSM community look very good. And certainly doesn't make the average dominant look very good either. Uh, Brittany Simon, one of our friends, uh, previous podcaster of ours, who did an hour and 40 minute long video covering the details of that situation. Um, suffice to say... Uh, we do not endorse Beg for Jay. We do not endorse his ideas. We do not endorse him as a person. And if you want evidence as to why, or perhaps oh, yes. uh, you listen to us and you've also listened to Jay in the past, I would encourage you to listen and uh, get the details and, of course, come to your own conclusions. We're not trying to tell you how to think, but I would encourage anybody who does watch that video to err on the side of caution and to take the the stories and the words contained therein to heart. Yes, um, 
the amount of evidence uh, that Brittany has presented is comprehensive and diverse. So I think at this point, uh, if you were trying to say that there's, you know, maybe more to this story or whatever, Beg for Jay's been mischaracterized, um, you know, I'm always willing to be pr proven wrong, but honestly, this is uh, pretty damning in terms of this being a quality member of our community. So, but yes, uh, yeah. So, well, again, we'll talk about him in the future. I think it is a case where there's a lot to learn from. Uh, but for now, I think we'll just leave you, those interested, with the excellent uh, takedown and, and assemblage Brittany put together. So, mm -hmm. um, just wanted to put that out there in case people were, were tuning into the podcast. Just when I, wanting to hear about Beg for Jay. It's uh, drama. We get it. But um, we'll uh, we'll follow up on that. I guess is the best way of saying that. Uh, in other news, <laughs> well, uh, I shared this one with a couple of friends, and you, my podcasters, you're also my friends. So there's a dolphin uh, on the French coast named Zafar. And they have had to shut down the beach because Zafar is, uh, it says in heat, so it's probably female, um, uh, is a little sexually repressed. He changed. Uh, well, this is in the Telegraph, UK Telegraph. So uh, I don't know exactly how accurate this is, but in any case, uh, you know, send your, send your love to all the fin cells out there. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's that. That's quite the uh, story. Yeah, just looking for a little bit of lev levity in sex news. Um, uh, really, I mean, there's, there's the whole Catholic Church thing, which is just really depressing. And then you have, like, um, uh, then you have, like, one of the, one of the higher-ups in the church coming out and saying, like, Pope Francis covered up, but it, what he was covering up for was the fact he knew about one of the bishops being homosexual and practicing that and didn't feel it was that big of a deal, so it's like trying to conflate that with child abuse and all that. So it's like Vatican politics, which honestly makes Game of Thrones look like, you know, musical chairs at a kindergarten. But, that yeah, could be I'm vicious, to... though kindergartners i mean it's got especially if yeah, there's like but, some good juice boxes on the line y'all better yeah, watch out but at least at least there is um uh you know um at least there's a teacher there to keep everything in 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 charge uh which isn't which isn't the case here so um but anyways uh dolphins not getting laid enough that's eh, a damn shame uh you know, let's not, not talk about all the, all the other shit going on. So, with that, we're here. The The subject of the podcast today is how to punish a masochist. It's challenging, for sure, but it can be done. Uh, so, I think a lot of people... First, I kind of want to open with... 
putting an emphasis on punishment is a mistake a lot of DS relationships and couples make because it kind of seems obvious. You have, like, punishment can be, like, fun. In fact, there's, like, a name for fun punishment, and that is the portmanteau punishment. And especially if you're kind of, like, new to BDSM or, or in a couple that just introduce BDSM, you may not draw the type of distinction that's very useful between punishment and punishment. And a lot of people, like, find it challenging to, like, come up with reasons for punishment. And I think the thing that helps, like, a lot of couples is realizing punishment can sort of it can be done for completely bullshit reasons it can be done for no reason uh whatsoever and you know if the if who you're partnered with just likes a spanking every now and then spank them every now and then dress it up with whatever excuses if you want but realize like eh, sometimes you don't really need much of an excuse role play is fantastic because yeah. it's role play and so Sometimes you can role-play the scenario where you have broken grandmother's precious vase and now you must be punished for breaking the, you know, family artifact Mm -hmm. or whatever. And there is no vase. There is no family artifact or heirloom. You simply decided to have a fun Thursday night. Yeah, or it can be like you haven't been spanked in a while. That is punishment. And, like, that totally 100% works. Um... So don't get too caught up in like, oh, it's got to be like authentic. There is, there's value in authenticity. I'm 100% on board with that. But at the same time, don't stress over um, trying to be like, be like, oh, this doesn't feel real. I mean, it's buddy to shits make believe. That's what BDSM stands for. So with that in mind... um, the what sort of follows along from that is you have a masochist on your hands and you decide part of your relationship part of your protocol part of whatever will actually have proper punishment so that is something that re in in my opinion a good punishment is something that reinforces the dynamic and isn't um uh isn't looked forward to by the submissive not necessarily that, that they don't aren't able to enjoy it on some level, but it's not something that they want to see happen often. Um, and then uh, punishments should be kind of fast in, in not fast, but limited duration in nature. That's that's key because you, punishment isn't anything you like want to dwell on. Um, you know. Uh, Aftercare with the with a punishment usually isn't going to be like a giggly happy affair. It may be like a quiet contemplative affair. It may be, um, you know, reaffirming stuff like that. But it's it's not a exciting enthusiastic situation. And so I think a lot of people they think, well, I have a masochist on my hands and. I have a relationship where I punish them for whatever infractions. And so getting back to the thing we were talking about with punishments, where a punishment just sort of is any, any easy reason or even no reason at all, punishment should really be done for things that the, the D type in the relationship genuinely doesn't want to see happen again. It may be something they're ultimately okay with happening, um, but it's 
not something that they want to see like repeated. Um, so what I'm saying is it doesn't necessarily have to violate the, the dominance consent or be this like huge thing for their relationship, but the really for like an authentic punishment, it should be something for something that the, that the dominant does not want to see the submissive do again. And, and that, that's, I think, whereas punishment doesn't really need to worry about authenticity. I think for punishment itself, because it's such a, um, because people react differently to that, it's a heavier thing. And I think in the fact, like, it's a heavier thing can help shape a scene where the, um, for punishment. So if you have a masochist who is a, um, impact play bottom, sometimes just having, um, a scene where that kind of playful energy is um, missing, that can already like have them in a different headspace than where they're enjoying um, that scene. Mm -hmm. So even just like going into a punishment, like keep in mind you want to create uh, a, a very a specific feeling about it, and honestly, like that can be what you need to kickstart the punishment just right there. Um, so I guess Evie, you've, you've talked a little bit about like punishment versus punishment. What are your sort of thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I sort of fall in the same lines of thinking about punishment and punishment. And for me, I think about punishment as being something that's more a role play aspect or a way of mm -hmm. especially for the submissive to kind of have a a mental narrative that justifies the masochism or like is a way of sort of having a, a redemption or a purpose behind the punishment which I think is a lot easier for people to process than necessarily always having the plain enjoyment of pain as the the primary thing in their head um, and so for punishment, what that ends up kind of turning into is role play around being punished that is not intended to change behavior or intended. I think I think punishment can be used to um, make connection in the relationship if it's something that's enjoyable for both parties and that that's something that they want to have done. If that's part of your core dynamic, I think it's it's. Um, it's not about correcting behavior is kind of the difference that I make. Like a, a punishment mm. is just for physical enjoyment with a specific narrative behind it. And it's not meant to correct behavior or deter behavior or enforce rules or anything like that. And if you are trying to do a punishment and it doesn't succeed and it makes your submissive or your masochist do the thing more, then you probably accidentally did a punishment. And then punishment is about the reinforcement of the rules of reinforcement of structure and about correcting unwanted behavior or preventing unwanted future behavior from happening. That's sort of the difference that I make. Mm. Kind of talking about the energy is one way of approaching punishment and changing the energy of a scene. Another thing to think about is when you're in relationships, when you're in a relationship, a kink relationship with someone, they have the universe of things that is within their consent that can happen to them. And then they have uh, the universe of things that they enjoy having happen to them. For some people, these are basically the same. 
those are people I personally wouldn't be involved in a relationship dynamic where I needed to punish them. If it's something where the only type of activities that they like receiving are activities, sorry, the only type of activities they're okay with receiving are the type of activities they like receiving, then like this discipline isn't really available. Um, but oftentimes you'll find people with like stuff like, I will kneel on rice, but I'm, I don't like that. Um, I will, you know, hold ice cubes in my hand. Uh, again, it's not something they like. It can really be anything. It can be being forced to wear certain underwear or no underwear. It's like something that they genuinely don't like. Um, so kind of look, pay attention to, you know, the negotiations you've had with them, like things that they have talked about um, being open to. Take stuff like if they enjoy impact play, but it, it's, it's study impact play. If you are considering punishment type stuff, have a discussion with them about whether or not they would be okay with stinging impact play. And so from there you have someone who takes like one type of pain and they're okay with another type, but it's not something that's enjoyable for them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a little bit where the disconnect can happen if you're kind of struggling with finding out ah, what punishments do I use or, or how do I do this whole punishment thing to begin with is most people the things that they enjoy doing are not one-to-one with the things that they are okay with doing or or to say it another way things that are within the boundaries of their consent like Mr. Tex just mentioned obviously there are people for whom those do overlap one-to-one but in order to kind of have a punishment dynamic work or have a discipline thing work in some way you need to be able to have some tools that you can use to reinforce that are at least things that they don't find pleasurable they could find it boring they could find it Mm -hmm. uncomfortable they could find it just not pleasurable you know there's a number of other things besides you know awful (laughs) i guess that you could use to describe sort of the things that maybe with somebody's okay with or they tolerate but are not things that they enjoy doing because we all have things that we do every day that we don't enjoy doing like whether that be household chores or mail or whatever it is yeah it was actually as we were talking about this it, it um it reminded me of the duke of burgundy because it's it's one of the you know what i'm not gonna get into spoilers because I do feel like that kind of spoils, like, kind of a crucial element. But anyways, I'll, I'll just say, like, uh, check out the Duke of Burgundy. Uh, we haven't done... We, maybe we've talked about it or something, but we haven't done, like, a podcast on it, or have we? I think we have in one of our movie review episodes, but it's been a while mm. ago. Yeah. Should I spoil it, or should I, like, tell people that they should check it out? It's worth checking I out. I think we should let people... I think we should respect people's yeah. consent and allow them to check out the movie. <laughs> <sighs> Madness. Um, but do you know what I'm talking about in terms of like? Yeah, I I get it. Yeah. Does, does the audience get it? I don't know. Hopefully, <laughs> go watch Who the knows? movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would. You know, that's that's it's a hard part to miss. But uh, when she's just like, if only, if only everyone's misery could be dealt with with just by saying a word. It's like, oh, that's perfect. That is perfect. Um. So, Duke of Burgundy, another movie review. Uh, but yeah. So, we also, right before we were starting the podcast, uh, 
Evie gave me a good idea, which is like eating right in someone's ear, like, you know, restrain them and then eat like pudding or I don't know, noodles would be real good. Um, you know, like if that's slurping right there, like anything that's like noxious. Uh, though I, I would say actually like that's kind of when we were talking about like, you know, mind the energy of the scene, that's probably a little too silly for like a good punishment scene simply because, you know, it's, yeah, you, you, you want like the, the energy not playing against it. And if you're just sitting there with like a jello pudding cup or whatever, um, sponsor us by the way, uh, it's not going to be a great scene. Uh, no, I'm totally thinking how you so. can make this work though. It's like, I, I think I've brought this up in the podcast before is like, you can do this in a serious way, but it totally depends on the people involved is like, have just like a black garbage bag on like a table and then mm. you don't tell them what you what you put in it and maybe it's like a combination of like gummy worms and mashed potatoes and jello and you're just like mm-hmm. you have to hold your hand in that bag and i expect you to have a, a squishing i want you to be actively squishing handfuls of whatever is in that bag for the next five minutes yeah and just if for somebody like obviously if somebody has like sensory processing issues please don't do this but for those mm-hmm. of you who find sensory things to be mildly unpleasant but not intolerable or against your limits that could be a way of kind of incorporating like weird textures and it's not harmful you know and especially because it's something that's not pain related if you are a masochist it's something that is going to probably be more effective as a punishment yeah yeah and it's it's really honestly sometimes i i wonder about people who are just like oh i don't know how to punish my masochist and i feel i worry sometimes that that ends up just being shorthand for like i haven't had a connected negotiation with them which is often often the issue because mm. like cuz that's like you know if you haven't like sat down and just been like okay like clearly if you haven't really clearly communicated limits with each other then yeah uh, it is, um, uh, it, it's going to be hard, uh, to sort of figure out like what's okay and what's not. Um, and that's, that's really, that's on any kind of kinkster for a good dynamic, um, to actually like sit down and have those, those conversations. So just a reminder, like, you know, talk with, talk with your people and, um, you know, help them out as best you can. You mean so. they're not mind readers? No. no. Weird. It's, it's tough. It's, it can be, like, weird. And, you know, vanilla situations don't encourage people to have, like, these open, connected communications. Um, like, vanilla relationships. You know, you don't... I don't know. You know. I, there's too many... There's too many situations where, like, somebody comes up, like a friend or whatever, and it's like, oh, I'm having this terrible situation with, you know, my significant other. And um, what really needs to happen is for their friends to go, um, you know, have a conversation with them. Mm. Um, So it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen enough, I will say. Um, But, uh, yeah. Hopefully, it's just a reminder to practice your communication skills and be good. Uh, be good to your people. So, it's true. Yeah. 
Well, let's see. How to punish masochists. Is there much more to say on the topic? Um, maybe people might find it helpful to get some specific examples of like types of punishments mm. that aren't pain-related that may be things that are within limits for a lot of folks, just to get some ideas. Yeah. Um... What was what was the suggestion from your um, or from the live stream? It's like tear up and incinerate a stuffy. Oh God, uh, that's a really that, awful idea. That's awful. Um, I mean, obviously, like, and I said it during during the live stream. Like, there are there are ways of um, simulating that, but again, that needs to be done with consent and communication. Um, Otherwise, it's just being a sociopath. Um, so let's let's try not to do that. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, other, yeah, other things. So any sort of uh, noxious stimuli, I oftentimes find um, doing. Uh, um, Oh, what is it? Uh, doing sternal rubs is effective, or, or can be uh, can be pretty effective. Um, that is specifically taking a nuggle, uh, nuggle, knuckle, and grinding it into the sternum. Even if they're a heavy pain masochist, oftentimes that's just like not something people are okay with. Um, uh, again, all these things need to be communicated beforehand. You can't just sort of say. Oh, I, I heard about this on the, the Kinkier World podcast, and uh, you have to do it because they said they said to. Like all of these, all of these are done with negotiation and informed consent with, with all the parties. Um, but that's that's a good one. Uh, driving your your knuckle into somebody's um, uh, sternum. Very few people actually find that an enjoyable situation so uh um what what sort of ideas do you have for punishing people i like the i like the trash bag full of full of um things that might be very gross or garbage um to be that's a fun one yeah i mean Uh, i for me it really depends on kind of the reason the punishment is happening like i think if you have a new submissive who's kind of it's their first time in a power exchange relationship, I think it maybe benefits to have a first infraction or like the first couple of infractions be a little bit lighter in tone, not because you don't yes. take it seriously, but because you don't want them to be so overwhelmed with the fear of the punishment that it backfires and makes them afraid oh, totally. of you. Because that's really not a situation you want to be in as a dom. Uh, at least if you're you know like a good dom, hopefully you don't want to rule surely by fear. And I think. Um, you know, it, hmm. intimidation needs to be used in, in small doses. Um, so something that's kind that of has tr- a little bit of lightness to it. Also, you know, mitigating actual trauma from, like, doing the scene itself. You can be a masochist and not be a bratty masochist. And you can be so many yeah. other different identities. But usually if you're in some kind of dynamic where you have rules and they get broken and you're going to be punished in a way that you don't like... You don't like breaking rules. Most submissives at their core are some level of people pleaser. And so there is always going to be that level of wanting to please and failing to meet that expectation that's going to be mm-hmm. in play on top of whatever you do. So kind of also remember when you're doing punishments that like sometimes you don't need to go completely ham because there are those 
uh, emotional things that come into play so very often. But in terms of actual ideas for punishments, yeah, um, I'm kind of the queen of weird punishment ideas because I'm a sadist, but I'm not a top, and I like throwing my friends at the bus. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I think one idea that I got from a person on a live stream recently was being forced to wear wet socks. Um, again, that goes into kind of the sensation thing. Um, kneeling on rice is a classic one. Holding ice cubes, we've already mentioned. Writing lines is another classic. And mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if you write lines for long enough, it's painful, but it's not painful in a way that a masochist usually likes. Um, having to write an essay about what you did wrong or why it was, you know, why it was important that you obey the rule and, you know, kind of trying to ask for forgiveness for the punishment. Um, you can also, again, do types of pain that they don't like or certain toys that they don't like, uh, because most masochists will have some kind of preference. There will be people who like every kind of pain, but usually you can, you can do things in a way that are less enjoyable, like, um... You know, maybe you have somebody who's really into thuddy pain, and so, like, foot caning is a punishment for them. Or maybe you have somebody who's completely a whore for stingy pain, so then you do, like, something that's super thuddy as a punishment instead. Um, You can have them hold books on their head. You can have them hold a quarter with their nose to a wall, uh, corner time. There's lots of options out there that you can use but that's some some of my personal favorite ones and the ones that i think are most commonly used because most people mm-hmm. don't have a limit around writing lines it's annoying but it's usually not something that like would typically violate somebody's consent so i think that's one of the ones that's like a good example of how you can balance sort of something that's not pleasurable but something that's not against somebody's limits because it's such a mundane thing yeah yeah, and that's, you know, and, and really it kind of comes down to the energy you as the top one. For a lot of people, it is understandable that you would want something to feel a little more, that like writing lines may be great, um, or you may find that it doesn't have enough, um, uh, like, physical oomph. Um, or you may find it lasts too long. And so it's not something you want being done for, for that duration. So, and again, you know, that I'm not saying writing lines is bad. I'm just saying it's worth thinking about as a Dom, what you want to convey, uh, in, in kind of all, all those situations. And, And punishments are definitely one of those things that it, it is going to be trial and error. And I don't think we talk about this enough and by we i mean like the bdsm community in terms of the trial and error aspect of putting together a ds relationship there is no physical way that you can from day one have a contract set in stone that is going to be perfect in every single way and function ideally and as written because it takes time Mm -hmm. to learn people and it takes time to understand how different situations are going to play out and different days of the week different situations different levels of infraction the emotional state of the parties involved are all going to be things as a dom that you should probably consider when you're generating a punishment or Mm -hmm. or punishment ideas because things do vary a lot and it'll it'll once you actually start doing it you'll kind of have a better understanding of 
how effective something was and you can always ask for like feedback after the scene if your person keeps a journal where you can kind of check up on their emotional state or they can relay to you how they felt after a punishment that's a great way of kind of being able to find that balance but don't feel pressured to get it exactly right the first time because yes that will pretty much never happen Yes, exactly. Um, when you said, you know, get feedback on the punishment, it just reminded me of that scene from uh, uh, Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. Where he was, yeah, the the little the torture machine. And he was like, could you give a, um, could you, could you tell us like what, um, how intense this was on, you know, this scale or whatever. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like you don't. I, I think people. No, but yeah, I was I was being a little flippant there, but that's that's a very good point oh, to like. No, no, I'm not saying they necessarily yeah. like. That I think it's a funny example, but I'm more kind of getting into the thought of like, I think some people might get um, like they don't want to feel like the submissive's in control of the punishment, right? And by feedback, I don't mean the sure. submissive gets to say I don't like that. Never, you know, like. Well, I should probably continue that thought a little bit. The, the yep. Getting the feedback is not about the submissive being able to have control over exactly how the punishment goes. Like They don't get to go, oh, well, you know, from uh, 3 minutes 42 seconds until 5 minutes 28 seconds, I felt that the pressure was a little bit too much. Like, it's not what it's, that's not what the feedback is about. It's about, you know, emotionally checking in with your partner, finding out, you know, are they having a hard time dealing with the punishment still? Do they feel yeah. like they were forgiven? Do they feel like the punishment is over? You know, if they did enjoy it, can you trust them to be honest about that and actually tell you, oh, actually, that was like, I thought we were doing a regular scene, you know, as, as opposed to kind of learning something and just having a general debrief about how it went. Because I think sometimes punishment gets treated as like it's totally isolated and then like people get into the whole you shouldn't be able to safe word during punishments and dominant should have total authority over how punishments go and yada yada but at the end of the day you're doing a very intimate thing with another human being and having feedback from that other human about how that intimacy however intense that intimacy is is actually going for them and how they're dealing with it mentally is really important because again you don't want to make your submissive afraid of you probably and you don't want to have just a rule with an iron fist and fear you hopefully want to generate a relationship that is not so closely mirrored to an abusive one hopefully exactly yeah um yeah it's it's one of those things it it requires a deft hand and i think um it would greatly benefit people to have um more of an understanding of themselves and their relationship like style and stuff like that and have more it's like actually having a relation like punishment you can add to anything like punishment you can do if with just a um you know a, a fling um it, it, there, it doesn't need like a serious relationship there and in fact i would argue it doesn't really benefit um from from a serious relationship like punishment's just like it's it's just something you kind of do it's like oh hey you you like you know getting you know some type of punishment cool i like punishing people let's make this happen yeah um in terms of the do you mind if i hop in on the punishments yeah benefiting? do it i would probably point to the rule set in terms of a punishment benefiting a long-term relationship exactly. thing like 
obviously every single time they get in their schoolgirl outfits and get spanked over the knee, it's not because they're being legitimately punished for breaking the school rules. They're doing a role play, yeah. and that's part of the core of their their dynamics because this is like a extensive web of poly coolness of i will i will need to have a flow chart put together to fully understand but um mm-hmm. for kind of people who want kind of examples of like uh, continual punishment use in a relationship like the rule set on tumblr is a good example of that so yeah. i would say it's something you need to balance wisely in your relationship especially if you do involve rules with it but if you're dealing with a, a bratty masochist i think some form of punishment is is likely Probably. not to be entirely avoided yeah exactly um and i think rule set it's it's a good one um i think it's it's important to, to and and he talks about you know his perspective and stuff like that which is really good as well so um but yeah i i think that's that's a great resource for you know, this is this is how you're going to get punished. Whereas, like, actually having a relationship where one of the parties is punished is like that has implications beyond sort of like the night um, or, or or when you choose to engage in that play. Mm-hmm. So it's it's worth giving that the um, the due it deserves. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, okay. Um, let's see. Is there anything? Uh, is there anything else you feel like adding? Um, not that I can think of. I mean, punishment is one of those topics that you can make as broad or as narrow in scope as I think, uh, you know, you personally want to. Um, again, I would just want to emphasize for people like, um, maybe kind of wrapping up this thought with like, if you are kind of finding yourself in BDSM, if you're getting into some of your first BDSM relationships and DS focused ones, especially, I think punishment has a certain allure to it that people perhaps try to add it or put too much emphasis on it before the relationship is really prepared for it. And it's important to be thoughtful, both as a submissive and a dominant to really kind of assess how and when to use punishment and is it right for your particular relationship style like punishment is not a requirement Mm -hmm. for doing bdsm and it's not a requirement for relationships and like if you're in a relationship with a masochist especially and punishment's not working for you and you you, maybe you can't find a compromise there or maybe it just isn't like maybe it's just not something that that needs to be a big part of your relationship it's just kind of important to be honest about that and BDSM is a process of growth and evolution, and we are all changing and learning new things about ourselves. Yep, and it's it's like my man, my mantra is like ninety percent of kink problems are vanilla problems. It's mm-hmm. like vanilla relationship type stuff, and and getting better at that. And so, oftentimes, like you know, when you add kink to something, doesn't mean you're magically removing. Um, the 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 vanilla challenge fairies so um it's about communicating with your partners and um you know doing your best to uh to be honest and share with them it's true it's all you can do all you can there's no there's nothing else (laughs) um okay that's a good it's a good starting point we had a good this is a good episode so my puppy evie if people want to hear other great kink educational content where can they find your great kink educational content? Um, so I'm Evie Lupine, 
And you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr and Instagram at various forms and ways of combining Evie Lupine, E-V-I-E-L-U-P-I-N-E. YouTube is my biggest platform. You can find me on there. Just literally put Evie in the search bar and you'll probably find me. And um, I am actively working to improve my content um, specifically on YouTube. Oh, some exciting stuff. About to go do some Fusion 9 tutorials after we're done with this episode. Nice. So we'll nice. See. I may actually do that as well. What? Uh, so I can learn along with my pup. So, so you're thinking about the Fusion 9? Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that off podcast, but I think I found some ways to, okay. to make that work. Oh, very cool. I'm excited. Uh, anyways, s- cool stuff to look forward to from my pup, Evie. She makes me so proud, y'all. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, let's just, uh, let's just say bye. Bye.